It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA draft is so close, and yet again, we're going to talk with our draft expert, Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter, all about the upcoming NBA draft and how the Thunder can benefit from a certain player rising up the NBA big boards across your favorite NBA draft analyst big boards. That and much more coming up on today's show on Locked on Thunder, your daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Stick around for Richard's top five sleepers in this year's NBA draft. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 0-5-3-6-2-7-1-2-8. On today's show, I am joined by our draft expert, Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter. You can find him again at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Our local draft expert, Richard Stamen. Richard, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk sleepers. Excited to talk sleepers. We're going to talk big boards. We're going to do all of that fun stuff on today's show. The draft is about two weeks away. Things are getting exciting. What are you most looking forward to about the draft nearing us here in a couple of weeks? Uh, honestly, it's hard to choose between uh, lies about Evan Mobley that don't have to do with Kevin Durant or <laughs> – sorry, I had to beat you to that one. Um, or if, you know, just finally getting out of the way, I think we started getting to the point where, where we're just overthinking things and um, – you know, finding reasons to justify someone else. We put someone else down and by reasons to raise someone else up. I am very excited, honestly, just to see how the night unfolds and see where everyone goes. I think there's going to be a lot of unexpected movement from teams and from players, like in terms of drafts, like slots and everything. Yeah, we're already seeing that. We're, we're in that stage of just everyone has too much information now and we're just overthinking everything and you're talking yourself out and into players uh, what has been the, the big Evan Mobley discourse? Because for Thunder fans, I know that we're at six right now, uh, but it seems like if this team has the opportunity to move up, the most realistic option is three um, and four. And at that point at three, if you can convince the Cavs to somehow trade you pick three, it would be Evan Mobley. It seems like the one, two will be Cade and Jalen Green. So what's been the latest talk on Evan Mobley besides that he's Kevin Durant? Man, I'm not even going to pay attention to what you just said to try and poke me, but <laughs> the thing I saw, I hate even giving this attention. Someone from Houston who was very pro Jalen green made up something and drew just completely reached in an attempt to discredit Evan Mobley to raise 
Jalen Green and he said Evan Mobley didn't have a motor on court and everything. And it was just like, that's not even true. So I'm just done with people who don't know what they're talking about to get clicks. That, that part of the draft process is annoying for uh, people like myself. And I know you've been keeping up with the two this whole year because of the situation with the team. Like it's annoying seeing like everything unfold, you know, what actually is going on in the truth and everything like that. And then people just come in trying to get their clicks. That part's really annoying about it, but that's just being like a purist. It's, it's, it's this way every year though. Like we, we always have a few guys who, who get picked to, apart to death for no real reason besides some behind the scenes, you know, uh, aspects of how this all works with media agencies, things like that. You know, whenever you look at this top of the draft, it seems like now we're getting to the point where people want to have a take and want to kind of reinvent the wheel. Like we spent most of this season, uh, draft season, that is, saying the clear five, right? The clear five of Cade, Green, Kaminga, Mobley, and Suggs. Like in that some in some order, it's going to be that order of the top five. But now you're trying to outsmart everyone and like have takes and say, oh, well, Scotty Barnes is going to leap up here. And oh, I have... I have Jalen Suggs win a six now. And like, what, what is your grasp on the top five right now? If you had to try to project this moment, who are those five players that will be off the board whenever the thunder on the clock at six? Yeah, I, I think it's actually just going to go in some order to the top five, the consensus top five. I, I have a hard time seeing the magic, not loving Kuminga and being, you know, they have a really interesting choice because I, I I'm hundred percent certain the top four will be any order of Cade Mobley Suggs and Jalen green. I Jalen green will be gone by pick three. Mobley will be gone by pick three. Suggs should be the fourth pick. I'd be pretty surprised barring a trade from another team in the next 24 hours or whenever this goes up, um, you know, that, that anyone has made a trade in the top four. That's the only way Jalen Suggs doesn't go number four. Um, but I'd be very surprised, or excuse me, by number five. I'd be very surprised, though, that if the Magic, you know, are looking at Kuminga or the best of the rest that they go with anyone other than Kuminga, considering they have the eighth pick and can get second best of the rest. So I I think that it's going to be a pretty chalk top five. But who knows? Things change, and it's also been pretty quiet, which could also mean the other way. It may be a surprise out of left field. Nobody saw Anthony Bennett coming in 2013. So who knows? Yeah, Anthony Bennett would certainly be a surprise in this draft for like a shock factor. Who would be that Anthony Bennett type of guy? Because I, I feel like even even Scotty Barnes, we've kind of all like now accepted that fact of like we're seeing guys like John Hollinger hype him up and you've kind of all accepted, hey, you know what? It could be Barnes in the top five. Like who would be the most shocking but realistic top five player, you think? Honestly, does Scotty Barnes count? Because – I don't think he should go top five. I I think six is okay. Um, I can understand it. I don't understand putting him at number five, especially when if it's Orlando picking. I'd be pretty surprised if he ended up going top five, maybe even Toronto. I just when you have Suggs there at the least, it's a very hard conversation when you have a surefire guy who uh, I mean again with Suggs, for me it's he's gonna stick. He'll probably have a multi, probably two all-star appearances at the least than his career. Like he is a very good player. I think he's underrated at this point because he's seen as a high floor guy, but we forget that high floor means they're very good and good players make all-star games. And I think his upside is very hidden by everything at Gonzaga. He's really athletic can shoot, can keep getting better at the things he's already good at with a lot of room to grow. I think we're really sleeping on him. Whenever you look at Scotty Barnes, you said right there that like you guess six is okay. And 
Thunder fans specifically, and, and that's kind of the fan base that I can speak to, um, ever since the lottery night, I've been overhyping Scotty Barnes, you know, because he's the option, right? He's the guy now that you would imagine goes to Oklahoma City, the most realistic option. If you're placing you know, percentages on it, he has by far the highest percentage to get drafted by the Thunder because we imagine he will fall out of the top five. Um, with that being said, what what is the caution there at Scotty Barnes? What would you say to Thunder fans who are uh, very much hyping up the uh, addition of Scotty Barnes? Yeah, so it's not really, it's not an entirely Scotty Barnes thing. There's just risks with him. I think he's a very good player. Like I said, I've had him as high as number three at one point this year. So I am very good, like I'm a fan of him, but it's, I think it's the nature of the number six pick. It's just, I don't feel comfortable with anybody at number six, maybe James Book Knight. Um, that's probably the one guy who I would be comfortable with. It's just, that's an island where that has a very high chance. It feels like to go boom or bust. Luckily, Oklahoma City doesn't really deal with busts on that front very often in the boomer bust situation. So they have that going for them. But I just I worry about that number six spot. It's just such a weird situation because you're reaching for someone if you're not taking Kuminga or Book Knight. And then you're probably not getting I, I just don't think Book Knight is going to go number six. This podcast is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Michelob Ultra is bringing you the moment of the week and the moment of this week that brought us joy, happiness, and enjoyment, just as Michelob Ultra does, is of course SGA's birthday. Monday, he was celebrating, posting on Instagram. His brother posts on Instagram, hashtag bag year, as he's going to sign that extension with the Thunder and get his bag this year that he deserves. The Thunder put out a gorgeous video about SGA's birthday, hyping him up and hyping up our face of the franchise. He's going to be here for a long, long, long time, folks. This is the guy. This is your guy that you're going to staple your team around, build your team around. And when this team hopefully fulfills their dreams and goals and aspirations of hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy, SGA will be in the center of it. He is the timeline. And I think that we can steal that now from the Suns, who have fulfilled their timeline and are now going to win an NBA Finals, likely. We can steal that now. And use that as SGA's nickname because he is the Thunder's timeline. We don't need to keep talking about pushing it back uh, for SGA or trading away SGA. He's the timeline. He's going to be so good in this league. And he brings us so much joy, happiness, and enjoyment at just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And I do enjoy Michelob Ultra. So crack open Michelob Ultra this week, especially whenever you're watching the NBA Finals. Go check out Locked On Suns, Locked On Bucks, and the Locked On NBA podcast for finals coverage. And again, Happy birthday, SGA, on your birthday week. You are the prince of the prairie, the timeline, the face of the franchise, the fashion icon. You are everything to this organization. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to pull the trigger on that either. Um, you mentioned it there, like the Thunder have a good track record of at least not having guys bust whenever they get the picks this high in the draft. Uh, it's been really campaigns, but like the one bust, and then he circled back around now with the Suns. What would you do at six if you're the Thunder? Because I think you can you know, kind of push back on this if you don't agree, but I think that with Pokashevsky last year at this time during the draft process, I was very skeptical of Pokashevsky. I think a lot of people were as well. Um, and they had the home run swing for him and it could have gone very, very bad. And it was pretty bad for the first month or two of the season. But ever since the G league bubble, I think we've seen enough from Pokashevsky to at least say the thunder have hit a double on Pokashevsky. Like it's, it might not be a home run. Like he might not be that overwhelmingly great unicorn. He also could still reach that potential by the way, but even if he has not reached that unicorn status, I feel comfortable after watching him for the second half of that season in saying he's at least going to be a, a, a quote double in the kind of baseball metaphor of a very good player still that can be a rotational piece at the worst. And that is a higher floor in your rotational piece than what his floor was a year ago at this time. So the Thunder do have a good track record of kind of taking these project players that could have a very, very, very low floor and at least raising that floor, even if they do not reach that potential that that ceiling is. So at six, knowing all that information, would you stay there at six with Thunder and just take the best player that you think is available? Or would you try to trade out of six? And what would be the value of trading out of six if everybody feels the same way about pick six? Yeah, I don't think, I actually don't think everyone's going to feel that way. Um, I think that it's an iffy situation. I think you look at, it's just because Oklahoma City like can swing for anyone, which just makes it so good and so bad. It's very bittersweet. But you have teams, the big boards change for every team. Like Sacramento's big board is vastly different and New Orleans' big board are vastly different from Oklahoma City's. So if Oklahoma City doesn't want Scotty Barnes that bad and, you know, a team like, like Sacramento might actually want Scotty Barnes that bad where they would do it. I think that's really what you're looking at. And I would say it's somewhere from 6 to 11 is who you'd be looking at to trade with. That's interesting. And the Thunder are also in a position where what is the, you know, what is the difference in trading down from six to 11 in terms of the player gap? Because they don't really need to pick up an additional first. Now I'm not somebody who discredits future first. Like I, I think that it's silly to say you can ever have too many future first, but if you're dropping from a guy in Scotty Barnes or a guy like Kaminga, if he falls, if you're dropping from their ceiling to say a guy whose ceiling is like lesser than them, does the difference of a future first make up for that lack of ceiling that you're going to be trading down for? So it's a lot to think about. Ultimately, I think that the Thunder stay at six and make their selection and they either get Scotty Barnes or Kaminga as a magic fan and somebody who's plugged into the magic. Where do you see the magic going? Is it going to be Kaminga? Is it going to be Barnes? Do they like Barnes? I saw they worked to make. Hey, I heard last thing I heard was they take Scotty Barnes or, and then he cut out. Yeah. Take Scotty Barnes or Kaminga. And I think that for the magic, what do you think that they're going to do? Yeah, I think the Magic take Kaminga. I think it's pretty straightforward. Do you think that the Magic are right in that? Would you, If you were the Magic, would you take that? Because I, I feel like I'd be very nervous for Kaminga like in terms of what he can be. If that was your only first-round pick, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it. 
but they also have the eighth pick. So like they have another chance to swing and make up for it. I, I think, you know, Kaminga has been working out in Orlando. It's where he's been based most of the pre-draft process dating back to the G league bubble. The magic have had plenty of chances to see him. I think, I, I just feel like that's almost a lock in terms of that. He goes there. It feels like there's too much mutual interest for each other, just overlapping, you know, times they've been together or anything like that. I just feel like it's a match made in heaven for each other in that. No, I do think that there's smoke there with Scotty Barnes and Toronto because Scotty Barnes can be a point guard in the NBA if you need him to. Uh, he's maybe more of a win now player for uh, Toronto at four. W- what do you think about Toronto specifically, what they should do at four? And, and do you think that Scotty Barnes fits with them? Yeah. I mean, Toronto is the best player development program probably in the NBA. One of them, sorry, I'm saying that's on the Thunder podcast. So I'd be careful. Um, they're up there. So like they can take a swing better than the magic. I know the magic are just not, they have a reputation, not being a good player development program. However, they did just change coaches and, uh, mostly made it very clear player development is a top priority to them. So they're trying to rebrand that label. And if they get Kuminga to work, that's a huge success story. So I think, I, I don't know. I think Toronto though, could get away with it, taking someone. They're the one team where, if you think about it, like say that they're the one to make the reach, are they not the most excused team to do it? Like if they did it for Sacramento, you're looking at it a lot differently. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the fact that we've seen so many smart NBA analysts like John Hollinger, like Chad Ford, constantly put Barnes in the top five. I think that there's something to that. Uh, do you buy into that as well? Or do you think that maybe there's just like uh there's just kind of their own personal opinions? I feel like there's smoke, a lot of smoke there around, like maybe the Thunder can capitalize on Barnes leaping up in the top five. Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I do think it does speak to how the parody in this class is, especially after like four uh, or well, even not even four for some, uh, for a couple of those guys. Like, I mean, I know Hollinger and his last big board had Suggs at six. So really after the top three, uh, or now that I think about it, didn't he have Scotty Barnes at three? Yeah, he had Scotty Barnes at three, and he oh, had never uh, mind. I mean, like it speaks volumes though to the parody at the top of this class. Um, what was the last thing you said though? I'm terribly sorry. Like, how, how much does that benefit the Thunder to have Scotty Barnes leaping in the top five? Like, right. how much does that change what pick six is valued at? A lot, a lot. If I think if any of those top five guys slip out of the top five, that suddenly uh, number six becomes a hot commodity and someone will trade up a team that is desperate to save their young core, say Sacramento, that fit perfectly fits that bill. They could easily do it. Say they offer, I don't know if like I'm terrible at maps or it's trades, excuse me. I'm not maps trades I'm maps draft uh, spoiled that line a little bit early, but um, you know, maybe they offer buddy healed and something to move up to six. Right. I think that it, it becomes intriguing. Like they, they need to save their young core. De'Aaron Fox is, I mean, it's one way or another that that clock is ticking and they need to make a, a move to save him and keep him there. And who knows if he actually will stay. And if they hit on the draft pick, it certainly sways him a lot. And granted the next contract's like what, five years away for him. But I mean, the clock ticks early in the NBA. We know this. I think for the Thunder, the beneficiary, the beneficiary of having Scotty Barnes go up to the top five would be getting one of Kaminga or Suggs. You said that the Magic love Kaminga. Would they do what I think is unthinkable and take Kaminga over Suggs? 
So to clarify, purely speculation that I think they love them. I just know they've been around each other a lot, so I just assume. But I do think they would take Suggs. Well, you know, I don't know. I that I wanted to say in a vacuum, I would take Suggs. So I just assume the Magic are like me and um, think like me and everything. So I would take Suggs personally. I don't care about the fit of all the other guards. I'd completely throw that out the window because that core hasn't proved enough to start building around like that. And Suggs is the better player. I mean, he's not going to fail. I think it's better to have a safe player. And then you can swing at eight, take take someone who you feel is a little bit riskier, but could pan out to be that star. I feel like the Magic are a team that could that could draft around their roster that they already have on, on their team, which I think is a bad idea. I think that they don't have anybody on that team that I would draft you know, and, and change my draft plan around uh, their fit on, on that roster. So that's why I'm a little optimistic about getting Suggs at six, but ultimately I think you're right. And, and the top five goes the way we expected for the entire year. And we're just too bored right now and thinking of different scenarios uh, in our heads as a collective draft community. Now coming up, let's get to our top sleepers. Who are we buying stock in? Who are we selling stock in? All that fun stuff for a special stock edition, stock watch edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need. The best time to go was 20 years ago. The second best time to go right now is right now. So go check that out at rockauto.com. There is no point to waste your time going to a local auto parts store or a car dealership, number one. They're going to upcharge you. Skip that upcharge. Go to rockout.com. Number two, you're going to drive there. You're going to waste your gas, waste your time, waste your energy walking in that store. You're going to look around that store, wasting more time, not find what you need at all. Go to the front desk, ask them for what you need. They're going to act like they look for something in the back. They're going to walk back there, check their phone, check their email, send a tweet, send a text, come back to you, tell you they don't got it. Type on their computer, type, 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 type. And then not find what you want with the manufacturer that you want and order a part for you that maybe you could have gotten a better price. And in fact, you absolutely could have gotten a better price at rockout.com. So skip all that hassle and just do it yourself. Just go on your own computer, on your own phone to rockauto.com and find the parts you're looking for. The website is so, so, so easy. You put your make, your model, your year into their database and they're only going to show you car parts that are compatible with your vehicle. That way, you're not wasting time, effort, money on parts you cannot use, parts you do not need. Check them out today. RockAuto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you. And the how did you hear about this box? I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball's in full swing right now. Getting started with the second half of the season tonight. Red Sox, Yankees. You can bet on that game. Also, we still have the NBA Finals happening. Bet on the NBA Finals. You can even bet on future bets such as the odds to win the next NBA championship in 2022. You can bet on the MVP for the next NBA season. And you can bet, of course, on the Olympics as well, every single USA game or any other game you'd like to bet on. So do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their playoff runs, head over to the website right now and use our code locked on. Our code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. At BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. 
All right, we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I'm joined by Mavs Draft at Mavs Draft on Twitter, Richard Stamen. Richard, what about this draft interests you the most? Is it how deep this draft is? Do you think it's a deep draft class? Like, like what are you more excited about? Yeah, I, I think... I think it is. I think, you know, you look at the top six is pretty dang deep. You don't really hear about six man drafts that often. And then you also look at, you have three guys who could all very well go second round, although one of them just shut down workouts, which is usually a sign, but there are three guys who have been projected second round picks for quite a while that have very high upsides. And that's pretty rare. And that's Isaiah Todd, Josh Primo and JT Thor. All three of those guys could be incredible swing for the fences and last you compared to last year's draft right there was and even the year before it was just like who are you realistically banking on where you're like okay i can see this outcome turning into a star because it's pretty common nowadays so like jimmy butler i think was the 30th pick in 2011 you know we find guys isaiah thomas same draft 60th pick like it ha- happens where guys end up at spots they just shouldn't be stars from they end up being stars Jokic was what the 41st pick a little bit different obviously but there's a lot of, I could very well see one of the best players in this draft being the 29th or later pick. I'm interested in seeing how this draft shakes out. Now, who are some of those sleepers for you? Like if you had to rank your top five sleepers that you think are getting kind of right. discredited, who are they? Um, I didn't hear the question. Who are your top five sleepers in this draft? Yeah. So, I mean, it starts, I'm going to keep it with like the mainstream first round sleepers where it's like, guys who are known but they i think they're underrated i'm gonna just throw one i'm gonna throw my dart and i am all in on this guy just because i think we're supremely underestimating his four and overreading into his flaws that's jeremiah robinson earl he is the most mistake-free player outside of the top 10 i have him currently 13th on my board and i get how i could be wrong his lateral quickness isn't great his shot isn't there yet but the keyword there is yet um i also really like josh christopher i think he's another guy hiding in plain sight he is the three level scorer with um, with defensive upside. And then, like I said, JT Thor, Josh Primo, and Isaiah Todd, those are three guys that are huge. And then, I mean, th- there's so many guys I can keep going. I don't want to keep just doing this all at once, but those are five guys who are just immediately, they jump out to me. What is the value in the second round? It's like for, for the Thunder right now, they have three second round picks. If they walk away with, what names you'll be extremely happy about their draft? Like who are your top five kind of sleepers in the second round? Yeah. So to give a little bit of clarity, I have a first round ranking on 37 guys. Um, That is incredibly deep. Last year it was, I think 28. So nine more this year than last year. It says a lot. I think if you're looking for floor, you could start with Sandro Mamu Kalashvili. I think he's someone who we both like. I know that. Um, he's someone who just, I don't understand why he's overlooked besides he's a senior, but he's a point center who doesn't play a great amount of defense, but also doesn't, for me, that doesn't matter because how many centers are running the pick and roll and shooting off screens behind screens around screens. He can hit handoff threes. His portfolio of shooting is incredible. He's sufficient with his right hand. Uh, so I really like him. Another guy who I could see as a great sleeper, um, another high up, this one would be a high upside guy is Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. He's just really raw, has an ability to put the ball on the floor within 15 feet and shoot from 15 feet. Uh, Mario Nakic from Croatia, he played in Belgium this year. 
He shot 51% from three, um, a little bit minimal sample size, but we did the same thing with Aaron Neesmith. So I'm going to do the same thing with Nakich, uh, Nakich, excuse me, uh, still learning how to say his name. Isaiah Todd, I think will be gone, but there's still a chance that he could be there. I think it's what 34 and 36 that the Thunder have, right? Yep. Yeah. And then one more, just as a, as a name, I think that could be pretty interesting. That I don't think is talked about enough is Malcolm Casalon, and he is 19 years old, six six guard, six five guard, something like that. Plays defense, can shoot a little bit, and can be a combo guard. Play both guard slots. So on the subject of second round picks, and as somebody who's covered the draft for a long, long time, there are instances where you see guys actually prefer not to be drafted in the second round if they fall out of that top 30. They kind of want to just pick their own destination at the end of the draft, right? Yeah, it's a pretty common thing, but usually that's for if they've slid past around, um, you know, like 40, that's where the requests start coming in on that. Uh, I haven't, I don't think there's been any instances where they've turned down getting a pick in the thirties. It's really once it hits 40, that's where that range starts happening, but that is very realistic. Uh, how does that process even go? Like, have you heard of like teams calling a guy like, and the guy's like, oh no, I, I actually am not going to sign. I don't really want to be a second round pick. I, I'd rather be an undrafted guy. So there's been two instances. One with one was Cam Oliver from Nevada. He signed with Houston. He specifically told them, told teams, don't draft me. I'm signing with Houston. Uh, and I think that was 2017. And then the other was 2019. Kai Bowman almost got picked by the Warriors in the 50s. Um, or excuse me, so it wasn't the Warriors. Someone wanted to take him, but he just wanted to, at that point, it was like 54, I think 55, something like that. And he said, no, like the Warriors have treated us the best. We're just going to sign with them as an undrafted free agent as a two-way contract player. And he got real playing time um, early in the season. That is very, a fun kind of intricacy of this draft. I think that people kind of, whenever they are scratching their heads of like, why didn't this guy get drafted? There might be a case where they just didn't want to get drafted past 40. Like you said, somewhere in that, in that range and, and kind of what is the drop off there? Like what's the difference in getting picked 40 versus getting picked 55th? I mean, in this year's class, the 40th player for me is a lot different. Like if, if you want me to throw out the name, I have Kessler Edwards versus AJ Lawson. That's a pretty big difference for me. The, the likelihood of Kessler sticking is a lot higher than Lawson. I think that's where you start looking at it. The ceilings range, they vary, but the floors generally before 40 are much higher than anything 40 and after um, for that. But like as a process, I don't know. I think it just doesn't. I don't know what it is like personally, I'd be honored to be the 60th pick, but I'm not an NBA prospect. So I don't know. So I think it just varies from person to person. It's so fascinating. All the in and outs of like the NBA draft world and the summer leagues back this year. So we, we did our sleepers. We've done some kind of tie-ins to the big board next week. We're going to do a mock draft. Just the two of us. I've not told you about that yet, but now I am telling you about that live on the air. We're going to do a mock draft. Just the two of us and do another one. Uh, on draft night as well for the draft for summer league that's returning this year how big is that for players development from what you've seen and also who are the kind of names that are going to participate in summer league because we know that Cade is unlikely to play in summer league it's hardly that ever the top guys actually play in summer league like what is there to look forward to at summer league yeah, I've never been myself, but uh, unfortunately, I was an idiot in planned personal travel uh, to not Nevada in the middle of summer league. So I feel very silly for that. But generally, what you're going to see is a lot of guys who didn't get to shine, whether it was in the combine or something or 
just in general, even last year, I think, let me just back up. Now, last year's class didn't get a summer week. You're getting two full draft classes of summer week. Almost everyone from the 2020 class that's not named LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards should be playing. Um, and probably Tyrese Halbert just because injuries. But like most of the 2020 draft will be playing. Most of the undrafted free agents that didn't even, they never got a chance to showcase anything. They, a lot of them, they went to Europe. I know guys like Isaiah Mike, who is someone who I really hyped up last year. He went to SMU, immediately went over to Germany because he knew he wasn't going to get drafted and there was no summer league. So guys like him might be able to come over and showcase what they have. And then you go into this year and you're going to see a lot of guys competing for that two-way slot, mini camp slots, things like that. It's it's a really exciting thing to watch the those guys grind it out because they're really good. They just haven't really gotten the, the chance to showcase it. Oh, that just brought a huge smile to my face, thinking back to the fact that this summer we could be watching more Alexei Pokashevsky basketball. That, that would be awesome. He is back in Oklahoma City. He's, he's uh, probably going to be on the, on the team. At least Josh Hall will be there, and we'll see who, who all makes the trip for the Thunder Summer League in terms of actually playing, which, of course, that starts August the 8th. Uh, about Pokashevsky, you didn't push back whenever I said that the Thunder, if not have had a home run with Pokashevsky, they at least have a double. What is your grade on Pokashevsky right now after having a year in the NBA without a summer league and without a preseason even to speak of? Yeah, I mean, you know where I've been standing on this all year. I'm staying consistent. Um, I loved the pick at the time. I thought there was no better place for than for him than a team that had literally no pressure to do anything this year. And the way he performed after the bubble, like I, I think it's honestly pretty unfair to judge him at all based on the early parts because that was just makes and misses. He wasn't even playing bad but he was the worst player in the league statistically because of that. However, after the bubble, he looked more of what I'd expected. You saw some flashes. I remember there was one game I, for the life of me, can't remember the stat line, but he blew up and I can't remember if he was hitting threes or whatnot, but um, he was really going off and things like that. You know, it's huge flashes. I haven't seen any flashes or signs that he's going to bust is what the best thing is. And he came from the second division in Greece to the G League, to the NBA, pretty much, not even in that order. And he's already proving that he's a cornerstone for a franchise. Like, that's a hit. That is, at the least, a double, like you said. I would personally grade it right now as a triple, at the least. Hey, you're even more excited about Poku than, than, than I've, I've tried to be timid about this because I think that Poku can be like a superstar. Uh, again, that'll take a lot of ifs and qualifiers and time. I think it could be a superstar. We'll see. Uh, the last thing about this draft class, though, before we get out of here and have our mock drafts next week and have a lot of fun with the, the drafts and things like that. The NBA 2K game released their cover athletes today, which they have like 15. Wait, Rylan, Rylan, restart. It cut out. So the like NBA the, 2K. Yeah, the NBA 2K released their... Actually, I still can't hear you, so my bad. <laughs> can you hear now me? Now I hear you. I heard you laugh. I'm so sorry, dude. I, this is going to be a pain in the ass, and I'm terribly sorry. No, you're good. So, so the NBA 2K game released their cover athletes. There's like 15 covers. What... And, of course, they may also release their jersey sale numbers. So like, they have the top 15 jerseys out right now. Uh, who in this draft class – I'm taking away Cade Cunningham. You cannot pick Cade Cunningham. Who in this draft is most likely to have that transcendent personality to get on covers of video games, to be their top jersey seller? Like, who would you bet on off the court? But, of course, it does take on-the-court production to become this transcendent guy. <laughs> well, I think we were in the same Zoom session – uh were you in with me with josh christopher i can't remember if you were in there or yeah. not but that dude could talk with anybody 
And I don't know, something like that, it goes a long way. And I, I, I am a full believer in him. And he's already been at a high school superstar where he already had like a million Instagram followers before joining the NBA, or excuse me, before going to Arizona State. Like he already has a pretty big following. So someone like him for sure. And then um, I'm trying to think of someone who could be it with the personality because, or with the skill plus personality, because there's a lot of guys in this class, like we were in the Zoom sessions at the combine, like, these guys are hilarious. Like personally, I thought Sandro was one of the funnier people that we talked to. Um, someone else though, I could see if everything went right for him. Um, I could see Josh Giddy being up on there. The, I, I, I just, maybe it's a bit, bit too optimistic. I'm also not that high on him, but if everything were to go right for him, he, the Australian accent sways a lot of people on the most minor things, even myself, like he makes you want to listen to an interview because I don't know, his Australian accent is like the most typical Australian accent. <laughs> and it's awesome. So I could see something like that being a swaying point for people. Yeah. We'll, we'll see with the Jersey sales though. You actually, yeah, you do have to consider other countries too, of like who can, who can buy these jerseys. Cause you have your, your team fans of like, if you get shot by the thunder, the thunder fans, then you have Josh Giddy fans of like in the United States, just like his play style. And then you'll have a whole country behind him as well. So like he could be a guy that rockets up these Jersey cell numbers. Wait, actually one more to put in there uh, because we saw, let, let's address something. Zaza Pachulia almost made an all-star game because he, <laughs> because he had an entire country behind him. I take back my negative comment about Sandro, maybe not getting there. Sandro's on the list. He's <laughs> from the same country too. Can you imagine Sandro and Poku together? Man, let's just get, <clears throat> let me just draw up the team, the dream team of a starting five. Sandro Mamukelashvili, Alexei Pokachevsky, I'm already getting tripped up, Brenz Blasenberg, Philip Petrusev, and then Kessler Edwards. <laughs> oh, goodness. Or, or misspelled Zaire, because Zaire is like unorthodox. Oh my gosh, the Zaire well. thing messes me up so hard. <laughs> That would be the ultimate, that would be the ultimate uh, name team. I mean, even Shay, like people struggle with Shay's names. Like yeah. the Thunder have so many names on their roster that people are going to mess up with. I saw a funny tweet whenever I was talking about the Thunder, like who they've worked out. They've worked out Sandra, they've worked out Renz and like things like that. And so someone said that like, this is why Carl, Carl Albert's retiring, uh, Marv Albert's retiring because of so many um, names on the Thunder that you can't pronounce. Is is pretty funny. Uh, but Richard, hopefully we have a better internet connection next week. At least I do next week. And I cannot wait for our mock draft, but thank you for joining us. Be good and be good to one another. Thank you for sitting through my terrible internet connection. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.